Han Solo almost trades in his nice modern life for a sweet pair of Amish bags. This <laughs> is spoilers. Yeah, welcome to Spoilers. <laughs> this is your host, plain and humble host, Pappy, uh, <laughs> leading you through a 1985 classic tonight, classic. Witness. Joining me, we have, I believe this is the first conf- time this group has been configured. When you have seven hosts, there's lots of different permutations you can have, but a medium-sized boat. We're going to go from <laughs> most recent host to least recent host, because that makes sense in my brain. So... The question, uh, the opening question, I'm going to give you guys two choices. Uh, one is, if you were Amish, what would be the hardest thing t- for you to give up? Or two, you can rank the world's major religions from most likely to least likely to be true, two. in your opinion. It's your choice. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> one. That's bad. Uh, Jordan, you are the most recent host with Stigmata. Wow. Um, geez. Sorry, what was the first question again? Uh, well, if you were Amish, what would be the hardest thing for you to give up? Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is Jordan recording from, uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um, the hardest thing to give up, I'm not going to touch question number two. The hardest thing to give up (laughs) if I was Amish would probably be, uh, PlayStation for sure. No FIFA, no Fortnite. Come on. The only two games Jordan plays. Yes. (laughs) Jordan lives by the F's, FIFA and Fortnite. Uh, the voice you heard, though, uh, for a fellow PlayStation enthusiast, Mikey, you last hosted on The Mist. Where are you recording from? And, you know, the second question was really just a joke. Or what would be the hardest thing to give no. up if you're on? No, I want to hear Mikey go into this. <laughs> uh, Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana. And, yeah, I'd have to say PlayStation 2 for sure. That'd be pretty tough <laughs> to give up. Uh, or movies would be close second. Hey, PlayStation 2? PlayStation 2 or PlayStation also? <laughs> PlayStation as well. Okay. I'm like, I like PlayStation 2 as well, but that's not... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, or <laughs> movies. It'd be pretty hard to crank out a podcast on my cotton gin and <laughs> <laughs> watching a movie. Uh, so I'd say those would be pretty tough to do. I don't know. Back in the day, we had plenty of hosts who didn't watch the movie and somehow find a way to podcast on it. So you might not be that far <laughs> off base. But Corey, you're next closest. First of all, before you answer the questions, I wanted to clear up something on the uh, Purple Rain episode. You said I never texted you back about the Steve debate. I 100% <laughs> did text you back about the Steve debate. And I said I would debate uh, in favor of... Shakespeare in Love against Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you? What? You did? Oh, yeah. I, I did say that. that. So I would do that debate, or I would also do the premise you should buy physical media and take the the uh, against that statement. <laughs> but either way, Corey, where are you recording from tonight? And uh, what would be the hardest thing to give up if you were Amish or the religious one, um, if you're feeling bold? Yeah, this is Corey, Simi Valley, California. I'm going to have to check that, Pappy, because, uh, yeah, we we got to do this debate big dumb movie and spoilers but anyway that's another thing to answer your question i would have a very hard time giving up any kind of social media i'm like a true social media instagram and facebook addict it's pretty sad actually how often (laughs) i'm on those two platforms but also uh, scientology is not a real religion it's uh 
It's a bullshit cult for money. It's awful. I fucking hate it. They're probably the worst religion out there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an F-tier religion on the tier chart. (laughs) I have a lot of personal experience with Scientology, so I feel like I'm qualified to say, like, genuinely, fuck it. Can you make a statement on the Amish? Where would they be on the tier chart? S-class being best class. They're probably, like, the true one. If any of them are true, it's the Amish one. I feel like it's gotta be for all they sacrifice, man. Like, I hope it's true for their sake. Amish is not a religion. (laughs) For their sake. It's not a religion. It's a way of life. They're Christians, so it's a sect of Christianity. Well, that's the right sect. So, Brett, where would that rank on your list of, of uh, compared to Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, please rank those and also yeah, where are you This is Brett from Fort Wayne, and <laughs> if I was Amish, the thing I'd most... Uh, can I, like, like, is saying electricity cheating? Yes. Okay, then, yeah. then the, air, the answer is air conditioning. Or heat. Mm. Ooh, that's a good that's one. That's a really good one. <laughs> because, like, if I was Amish, I wouldn't know that I was missing TV or movies, or but I would know if I was hot as balls or cold as crap. So uh, that would be my answer. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and that, those are our hosts tonight. Um, Brett, do you know a lot about the Amish culture? You mentioned <laughs> that they were a Christian sect. Do you have a lot of experience with that no, that group? No, I mean I've seen some stuff, but no, I don't. I would not say I have a lot of experience with that stuff. And uh, I mean, I might know more than some, but I probably didn't know more as much as Josh. I mean, we we grew up in a very, very, very heavy uh, Amish uh, area, so I think we all kind of have had experiences with them. Yeah, and that's you know, I picked this movie kind of based on that kind of based on Harrison Ford um Jordan we are now an international podcast <laughs> we listeners all over the world fans uh-huh. all over the world we get feedback from from every corner of this earth but where we grew up where you and I grew up we were uh I think it's like the second biggest Amish affiliation in the world the Elkhart LaGrange uh I want to come to mm. you for this Jordan because our first job together was kind of like working with the Amish can you yes for, for someone who has never visited beautiful Elkhart, Indiana, slash LaGrange, Goshen, Metalberry, what what is it like to grow up amongst the Amish? Because this is something that you, me, Mikey, Brett, Josh, like this is our kind of growing up environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain a little bit. I guess it's like essentially like pioneers living amongst you. <laughs> right. But they, I mean, they ride in horse and buggy. They, um, like churn butter and actually do milk cows by hand and that sort of thing um i would say they're mostly nice although pappy i know you had a few run-ins um good and bad uh i didn't know how far you wanted to dive into that tonight but i mean i don't know back in like when we worked there i always just thought the amish girls were cute but i didn't know like what to do or anything i was like 16 happy I think if you want to know about amish i think the best thing to do would be to listen to amish paradise by weird al Yes. Amish Paris, but Weird Al. I think that probably, if you ever wanted to know anything about the Amish, I would say that's kind of like, uh, just that's it. It's dogma. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. One of the lines from that song is, at 4.30 in the morning, I'm milking cows, which literally happens in this movie. (laughs) It's 4.30, time for milking. I would say that this movie, it it almost portrays them with like some sort of 
mystical aura and that's definitely not what it is like they're they're fairly normal people there's there's good folk and bad folk amongst them yeah the mysticism is they cooperate together <laughs> like that's totally unfathomable <laughs> to today. barns yeah that was actually yeah. pretty cool sorcery <laughs> they protect each other that's the crazy thing about this movie <laughs> <laughs> I, there are a lot of crazy things about this movie i did want to set that stage but brett how does this movie open what do we what do we start off with in witness of course you go to brett it makes sense uh like <laughs> someone someone has died yeah brett it's uh <laughs> i don't remember what her name is she uh her husband's died it's a funeral rachel rachel yeah kelly mcgillis um it, it's just a normal funeral it's sad and then you know the one guy waits i don't know maybe six or seven whole minutes before he hits on rachel so you know and some restraint Wait, move uh, quick. I, before we start, I just got to get out there. I know the fans want to know that that guy who plays the blonde guy, he drank himself to death, um, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. So I just wanted to get that the out of there. The guy that plays Daniel? Mm-hmm. He's from Die Hard, too, I think. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And he's crazy thing is he's like, he was like one of the best ballerinas or whatever you call Whoa. male ballerinas in the world. Ballerinos. Wow. Is that really what it's called? <laughs> no, not at all. I just made that up. I said ballerista earlier, but that was a guess. That's a ballerina that makes you coffee. <laughs> yeah, Alexander Godunov. Yeah, he was uh, like a um, unbelievable ba- uh, using ballet. So I just want to say real quick, the thing you touched on, Brett, where Daniel goes up and approaches Rachel as you know she's crying because her husband just died. He doesn't really do anything overt, but I got the exact no. same feeling that he was hitting on her. And this was my first time watching it. So he's laying the groundwork. Right. I think they did it really well because he's not really doing much. He just says, you know, you, my condolences. Your husband is now with God or whatever. But to me, I got the same exact yeah. vibe. So they conveyed that really well in the film. Via con Dios. I know this would be more for Corey, but can we take a moment to appreciate how we have alums from Mighty Ducks 1, Mighty Ducks 2, Angels in the Outfield. I mean, it's Lord just... Lord of the Rings? Well, yeah. I'm just making kids' here. movies. Hmm? Young Vigo. But yeah, you got you got Quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. Uh, you got you got Jan, yeah. who's Han's brother in the second Mighty Ducks. I mean... That's a whole conversation in and of itself. Like, remember when Hans was gone? He's like, oh, it's me, Jan. I'm like Hans, oh, yeah. but thin. I love Dion's. Oh, sorry, Pap. I didn't mean to hijack your derail. That's a good point. Did you love the one good ball joke that Daniel makes, Brett? Yeah, I mean it's not as good as my favorite lines. Like when uh, he says, "Haven't you ever felt a teat before?" Or whatever. He's like, "Not one this big." <laughs> and freaking Eli loved it. Like it took him like a second to get it, and then he just freaking loved it. I thought that was amazing. But yeah, the ball joke's really good. The Pappy Amish. Uh, but so that, that's our. Kind of our our home base is going to be here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, I believe, which is the home of the largest Amish community in the world. Corey, we need a conflict, though, and we see Danny Glover become a murderer. Speaking of angels in the outfield, check out that Big Dumb Movie episode that I appeared on. How? What goes down here? What what conflict uh, sets this plot in motion? Well, Rachel and her son Samuel are at this like big train station. They're going to travel after the funeral, and uh, Samuel's the little boy. He's kind of like exploring. He's never been in a city like this. He's, you know, looking around at the big train station. He's in total awe. 
Uh, he takes a trip to the bathroom to try I, indoor plumbing for the first time, I assume. Don't really know. <laughs> I, I really don't know anything about the Amish. I don't think they have outhouses, right? They do. So I was actually looking this up. It's it's kind of like within Amish, there's a proliferation of beliefs. I, I think <clears> it's like, uh, where is it now? 70% of Amish do have indoor plumbing. And actually the ones by us are like some of the most liberal Amish. They actually have like power lawnmowers. And Corey, stuff. all Amish have been to Martin supermarkets. You know how <laughs> oh, foolish no. you sound right now? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic facilities idiot. in every Martin's. <laughs> Well, Samuel hasn't, okay? So he takes a trip to the bathroom. He sees what looks like a local tweaker, like, taking a bird bath in the bathroom sink. <laughs> he goes into one of the stalls, and then suddenly we see Danny Glover, and he, he shows up with, like, a goon at his side. They're up to no good. He approaches this guy that looks like a vagrant, and he says, uh, you got an angel with you. And then he, like, slits the guy's throat. <laughs> And the little kid from the stall starts flapping his yeah. arms. <laughs> Henry Ling like throws an amazing pitch and the score like swells. It's really oh a nice God. scene. <laughs> no, but from the stall this kid has witnessed this murder and uh Witness. It, there's like a pretty good moment of, you know, tension where they hear him in the stall and they start checking him one by one, of course. He's up you know, at the very end. So like it's building up till they're gonna find him and he he does the one thing you can do, he slips under and goes to the next stall. <laughs> Uh, I was like watching it thinking like I would have also like checked over I would have just peeked over to the other one because he definitely heard something I bet Amish people are so good at hide and seek I would never want to play them at hide and seek <laughs> that's all they do all day <laughs> hiding in cornfields they don't have xboxes they just play hide and seek and master it they don't have PS2 Mikey PS as well <laughs> they don't have PS as well PS neither <laughs> Jordan I was curious do these as the the most negative critic in the history of spoilers, oh do these moments of tension work for you? Oh yeah, I mean this was absolutely terrifying. Considered like he had just stabbed a dude to death, and then he was just kind of washing his hands and freshening up in the mirror, not even like not not caring at all. Like oh no, we're good. Don't worry about it. It was softened a little bit by just seeing a kid rolling around on the bathroom floor. And I was just like, ugh, that's kind of gross. But no, I thought it was awesome. And it's like, it's really galaxy level brain filmmaking. Because like when that pan goes up and he's standing on the stall, like you don't even know if Danny Glover's like opening his stall or the stall next door. And like you yeah. see his face. It's like really slowly doling out that information. Even the simple thing of him grabbing the hat, like I thought was super well done. Mm -hmm. Like just in time. Yeah. They're also, I feel like at first I was like, oh, this is one of those like two or three stall bathrooms and it turns into like an eight stall bathroom. So you're not even sure like how long do we have? It's it's pretty tense, I would say. Yeah, it's a, it's a great scene and it leads to the introduction of our hero, Mikey, your boy, Indy, shows up in the movie and what's he, what's he up to? Uh, well, for some reason, none of the other cops have questioned this kid, uh, Harrison Ford is the first one to ask, like, hey, did anybody ask him any questions or anything? And everybody's like, no, uh, we didn't think to do that. So he <laughs> goes over there and he explains that he's a cop. And he, I guess the plan is uh, to drive them around town. He asks him, like, what did the guy look like? He said he only saw one guy, which was Danny Glover. And he describes him as... Harrison Ford's partner, he compares him because he's also a black guy, and that's kind of a funny scene because I don't Stupid think he's seen, thing. Yeah, he's he hasn't seen too many uh, black guys, and 
he describes him as the runt of uh, <laughs> he's just like comparing him to small or something what did he look like the man that you saw he was like him was a black man he had black skin yeah but not stumpig stumpig what's stumpig uh, on a farm when a pig is born small like that he's stumpig a runt that was pretty funny. Uh, but then, yeah, I guess the plan is like drive him around town and harass various black people in the neighborhood <laughs> and like <laughs> smash him up against the police car. And- it's a good realistic depiction of cops. It was such a weird scene, wasn't it? Well, like- he had one guy in mind. He went looking for one guy. All he had was the basis that he's tall. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> big, big. I'm not saying it was. Uh, he did a lot of great police work yeah. to get that guy, but he had a guy who's probably been in trouble a lot. The Amish kid's like, he's tall and he's black, and Harrison Ford's like, T-Bone, got let's him. go. <laughs> We're all in the bar. We've got him this time. Uh, six uh, or seven movie club right now for Harrison Ford, depending on if you count Rise of the Skywalker. Brett, you're a big Academy Awards guy. This is his only Oscar nomination. Do you think this is his best performance? Uh, as far as Oscar criteria, I do. I think so. Uh, now I've only seen a third of his movies. Um, it needed to be that, or I guess Raider. He's really, I mean, he's obviously awesome in Raiders, but I think this, like, as far as Academy goes, this is like the perfect Oscar bait movie. Uh, he, this is like his first, one of his first roles in a while that wasn't like science fiction or like, uh, Action. Alien space stuff. So yeah. So this was like, this was Oscar bait. Yeah, I mean, it won best original screenplay and best editing or something. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. It was nominated. It was nominated a, a bunch. Yeah, it's, it was nominated for best picture. I think. Mm-hmm. Wow. Kyla, what do you? What would you say about that? Because I, I want to come to you as like the resident Star Wars expert. Obviously, you know Harrison Ford. If not range per se, he he's embodied to iconic iconic character so it's kind of easy for him you know to switch between and if you want to go to Deckard for blade runner I, how do you feel about yeah. his performance it's kind of like as you know as brett put like a serious oscary you know try hard quote-unquote performance basically well this is the first time i'd seen this movie and i was like super impressed with harrison ford like i didn't know that he was as good as he was in this movie i thought it was really well deserved the accolades he got i think you said he won best actor right he was nominated for best actor his only nomination Okay, well, I think this is it. Like, this is the Harrison Ford movie that deserves it, that I've seen. You know, his other roles are iconic, yes, and great movies. Of course, Indiana Jones and the Star Wars films. But this is like, this is his acting movie. And I think he does great in it. The Academy doesn't miss chances to give nods to people who are relevant in the film industry, even if they don't do a lot of, you know, quote-unquote Oscar bait. It kind of reminds me of... Vigo's first, maybe it's his, I guess, second or third nomination, but the one that he had for Captain Fantastic that he had after those string of Lord of the Rings films, everyone just felt really good that like Vigo was like getting nominated again. But mm. Jordan, like I said, I love Vigo, but I also really do like this movie. I get the feeling that, I mean, I get the feeling though that it's like they a guy had an idea and he's like, what if a cop had to go live with the Amish? And then they had to like work backwards to get to that premise. What does what is the logic of the movie at like how Harrison Ford ends up with the the Amish? Yeah, so 
I mean, Pappy, you know, I love a good conspiracy and we actually move through like the levels of the conspiracy pretty quick. Like he, they're very quick. Yes. Like they're, they're in the, in the police station, like trying to get this kid to just look over, um, lineups and like old photographs of criminals basically. And he can't identify anybody you think he's gonna and he doesn't and then he like just wanders off and it, who just keeps letting this kid wander around like he witnessed a murder last time <laughs> Steve you would say like 80s parents <laughs> exactly. 80s parents <laughs> cops are just rubbing the tufts of his hair just like <laughs> patting him on the head and there's stuff. like a criminal that fucks with him for a minute and like scared like I don't know how he's not more scared but um he ends up seeing like a newspaper clipping of our boy Danny Glover um, and like just freaks out and like this is the guy. I love that. Yeah. Great moment. That was a cool scene. Yeah. How do you feel about the score in this movie, uh, Jordan? It's it's <laughs> it's got the it's the '80s prestige movie score. You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. not orchestral but synth. Yeah, there were a few like even in the intro, like the intro credits, there was some like almost sci-fi stuff to it, and I think that kind of was like the mystic, the mysticism of the Amish. Um, as they were like going through the <laughs> grass plains. Um, but this was actually a scene where they're like in the police station. I thought that the music almost like it definitely helped the situation, but I felt like it went on a little bit too harshly and strong. Like I actually wrote that down that like it was kind of a little too much in that scene, maybe a little bit overboard. Which is crazy because this is Maurice Czar who did a bunch of David Lean movies, including like Lawrence of Arabia. I think it has like three oscars but of course he's yeah. like ancient at this point so who knows if he's even capable <laughs> just of like, going writing for it music. yeah i don't know kyle you laughed at the when i asked that question what did you think about the the score the score is pretty bad agreed that's one of the downsides of this movie it's not a huge downside because it's a really good movie in a lot of respects but it's distracting um it's way too noticeable yeah. like you should not be noticing this synth i was i was thinking about like i was like oh this synth score is really strong like as in um, taking a lot of my focus, but uh, no. Blade Runner, but the blade is just a scythe. <laughs> yeah. It's just a <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely one of the worst parts of the movie. I want to get to the best, uh, what I would say the heart of the movie, but just real quick. Um, so I, what apparently went down is Danny Glover, who's McPhee, but we're just going to call him Danny Glover for the purposes of this <laughs> podcast. He was involved in a big drug bust that involves a, an, a, an alleged ingredient, I guess, P2P, which is used to make speed. Basically, he did kind of like a bamboozle and like busted the drugs and never turned them in. And somehow nobody noticed it. And he's, he's walking around with $20 million worth of this <laughs> P2P stuff. Why is he still a cop? Why is he still a cop? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. How did Schaefer even know? This guy, you know what I mean? I don't like. I I, I feel like I need Schaefer to have like some kind of motivation for why he's now going full turncoat, especially after everyone's like he's such a good dude. But but irregardless, uh, Harrison Ford can't trust the cops at this point. He knows this because Mac, if he comes comes upon him, just starts shooting him out of nowhere. I mean, that all happens really, oh, really yeah. fast. <laughs> Like Jordan, were you like? I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" When he yeah, just starts yeah. blasting. I thought so anyway. Be, I started blasting. I thought it would at least be like lackeys in the garage, but no, it's just Danny Glover and like that's yeah, let's gunfight this out. No mask, no nothing. Just uh, hey, you caught me. 
it's on and then gunfight in the garage. It is not even like an assassination because it's not like slick enough. Like it's just like <laughs> I'm gonna start firing at you from thirty feet away. And, like yeah, he's walking warning heel toe in those loud ass shoes. Is <laughs> <laughs> that old lady? I, I well, first of all, I thought that the shooting uh was great. I love like the action sequences. It feels very grounded and <clears> real and it's not like cut to shit. You can actually like kind of get a sense of what's going on, but the fucking old lady who's like that's oh my a car! gosh. And this <laughs> fucking like son or whatever who calls her just like I don't give a shit you idiot. Just, like, <laughs> so ridiculous but like i said we're we're at the heart of, of witness now right uh harrison ford can't go back he's gotta hide this kid back in his home amongst the amish brett we're out in lancaster county uh we're at about the 40 minute mark of this movie i just kind of wanted to i have a couple like high level topics about what happens here well, well books amongst the amish but what stood out here to you what what do you want to talk about from this kind of you know, it's, it's the heart of the movie. It's the last half of the movie. It's just him being with the Amish, essentially. Uh, I thought the awkward sexual chemistry between him and Kelly McGillis was, like, really good. Mm. Um, like, I was drawn to that stuff. Usually kind of makes me, like, she's kind of, like, she hasn't, like, crossed the line, but she's got, like, her foot, you know, half her body over the line. She's, like, really kind of enjoying the stuff that uh, Harrison Ford is bringing to the table, but like trying to keep herself grounded in her, her religion, uh, her sect of her disbeliefs. And even when Eli is like getting really mad at her, like she's like, like water off a duck's back. She's like, you know, it doesn't bother me. I I know I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't know. It's hard Mm -hmm. to explain. I just really liked them how they were like she'd get mad at him but like she couldn't stay mad at him uh and just i like that whole thing i mean i know some people think that part might be boring but like i love dialogue like when people say oh that movie's boring there's no action like i think that's like a ridiculous statement like i love good dialogue and i think this movie's got good dialogue so i skimmed ebert's review and he said first and foremost witness is a romance movie would you agree with that yeah actually and i I read Mm -hmm. that they the original script like she was like the main focus and then like they decided that it'd be better to kind of focus on like the fish out of water, secular versus religious, just all stuff like that. And I think it made for a better movie. That's what I've always known it as. I've never, this is my first time watching it, but that's what I've always heard it was, was like kind of a romantic movie. But I'm also surprised at like how funny it is. There's like some really hilarious parts in this movie. It's like some comedy bits with the, him being, yeah, like Brett said, the fish out of water. Him walking around with that tiny ass <laughs> suit. <laughs> One of the first things is like he wakes up because he's like he's shot, he's wounded. He wakes up and like all the older Amish guys are like standing around the bed. And mm-hmm. at that, I was like thinking like if that was me, if I woke up and all these fucking dudes like like <laughs> with their long beards are looking down at me, like you no, know, that just seemed like a scary thought for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be like, crap, hell was real. And then, like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you guys going to do to me? <laughs> well, even after that scene when, like, the doc is leaving and he kind of gives permission, um, Rachel, like, <laughs> Rachel basically says, like, if he dies, we just got to cover it up. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's cool. We'll take care of it. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. that's probably like, the easiest place in the world to hide a body <laughs> would be an Amish farm. No one would ever know. <laughs> um, but speaking of, I, 
Stevie likes to bring up this concept of dramatic argument quite a bit. And it's like the, the screen, the script notes, uh, concept. I forget the, the guy's name, but he mentioned him on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, Kylo, I would say the dramatic argument of this movie is basically pacifism versus like having mm-hmm. guns. What did you pick up on any of those themes, especially during this part uh, with like the Samuel and Book and uh, the dynamic there? Oh man, I'm not smart enough for this. Yes, you are, Kylo. <laughs> I mean, like Samuel has the gun. Like, what all goes down with like kind of those lessons that are learned? Well, I'll say this: when, when Samuel picked up the gun. I thought this movie was going to take like a dark turn and he was going to like shoot himself and it was going to become like, you know, those old PSAs like (laughs) where someone, (laughs) some kid finds the gun and blows his own fucking head off. It becomes like a weekend at Bernie's type situation where they have to make uh, Danny Glover think that the witness is alive. (laughs) And so they're like, just (laughs) predict that quite, but that would have been something else. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, maybe Brett's got more insight onto that. Brett, you you know stuff about guns, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I immediately said I don't know if the kid could have shot the gun, even if he wanted to. But um, I, I think that's a theme, Pappy. But I feel like it's lower down the list. Um, it's very big for like the first ten or fifteen minutes that he gets there. But I feel like that takes a backseat to the love story and the culture clash. Obviously, pacifism and non-pacifism is a culture clash, but I just meant more of the secular religious stuff. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely, I think it's definitely a theme. And obviously, it comes to a head at the end where, you know, you have that, in my opinion, an absolutely amazing shot of them walking down the street with the shotguns and the farm in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of like, maybe that's like, you know, Guns come to town. I don't know. I, but I feel like for a big chunk, it's it's gone. Well, even beyond just the the guns coming to town, it's like Harrison Ford ultimately like sol- solves the conflict by like not using a gun. He basically yeah. just golds Paul Schaefer into being like, Give, like, how can you do this? You're gonna shoot all these people, and he's well, like, No, I'm not. And Danny Glover was gonna blow him away with a shotgun. If you- that's true. Also, uh, the only reason they got caught is because. Uh, Harrison Ford wasn't pacifistic and punched that guy, and that's kind of yeah. But and that's kind of like a a strike or a or a thing in kind of the column of uh, you know, this is being or the, the theme is like the Definitely. violence versus nonviolence. Yeah. Oh, and I like, agree. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't even know if if the movie. I mentioned the dramatic argument. I don't know if the movie has a stance per se. If it does, I think it might even just be like guns are okay sometimes right because like, yeah. like you said Danny Glover gets killed and like that's okay and like like Samuel and like, you know you usually associate like the, the the children kind of like speaking truth right in the movie where he's talking to the grandpa and and Samuel's like well I would kill a bad guy with a gun and the grandpa's kind of like disappointed in him and sends him off in his chores that's kind of like where where we're left no um, no, no no I think there's... this is extenuating circumstances though I mean he's got yeah, the police, pol- city police after him. I think I'd be keeping that thing on me. <laughs> well, later, <laughs> later on, he like gives him the signal, like, "Hey, squeeze the trigger hard." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when is that? <laughs> Towards the end, when like uh, I forget if it's Danny Glover or like Schaefer pulling them out of the house, like Rachel and Eli. He's like, "Come on, we got to go check on this," and they like see the kid in the living room. 
And like on his way out, he like gives like a like squeezing motion, like no, shoot these motherfuckers. That's a that's a ring the bell. <laughs> he was down to ring the bell, not shoot him. I, I disagree. Disagree. Kill them all, kid. <laughs> As if like the shotgun Burn blast wouldn't be louder than the bell. Come on. <laughs> He's saying like form a fist and punch him, punch them all. Like, and he's doing it right in front of Schaefer too, which is super annoying. But yeah, oh my God. Uh, Kylo, I do want to come back to you because you're a you're a California boy. You're a West Coast <laughs> uh, elitist, totally, bro. As we say, uh, you've probably never even been to a barn raising like the rest of us Indiana folks have. <laughs> Jk, what? The barn raising is probably a good litmus test for this movie. If you don't like this scene, you're not gonna like. <laughs> Witness, how did you feel about this, this scene? Where they build the barn? That's the barn raising, yes. Raising. That's what it's called, okay. <laughs> Man. Oh, no. So that's a thing? That's like a common thing? People build a barn a lot? It's definitely a thing. Well, I think that's a great part of the movie. I think it's yep. it's really like cute that Harrison Ford's character book is also like skilled in carpentry, as is Harrison Ford in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it's good because it, it gives you this like sense of hope that like he can fit in with these people like because mm-hmm. I mean you're rooting for this relationship in the movie between Book and Rachel um, you want things to work out you know as a viewer and this gives you some hope that it can like he seems to fit in with them pretty well he has skills like that work with the Amish community and uh, yeah it's, it's a nice scene I thought Daniel was gonna start like pranking him or something but it fortunately didn't go that route push him off the barn <laughs> i thought it was gonna like sabotage him somehow yeah the the, the whole kind of like community it shows that they all kind of come around to him like i think they still want him to leave but they're like oh he's not useless he's really you know yeah like you said he that he can fit in there i think it's a good scene because everyone's smiling at him even eli kind of respects him for the hard work, and so does uh, Die Hard. I love that lemonade. <laughs> well, I think they have kind of like their own preconceived notions about the English, as they call them, which is like outsiders. Yeah. And, uh, and he shatters that in a way, you know, because he can he can hang. It's a great screenplay. Obviously, it won the Oscar. There's a lot of little setup and payoffs, like the lemonade, for example, early on in the movie, like Harrison Ford. Just fucking chugs this lemonade and like, like, like a pappy just gets it all over his body when he's drinking it. And then like later on, Daniel like hands him the lemonade and this time he sips it and he's like learned a little bit of like modesty or, or moderation or something there. And so you, these little tiny moments of character growth really add to, to the experience. Um, Jordan, I thought this was the best, the barn raising scene was the best scene in the whole movie, mostly because it's a, it's kind of like part procedural, right? Like there's nothing particularly dramatic happening it's just this is how you would build a barn if you're amish and it's just us watching it yeah but let's get real no no englishman is ever gonna like be up on top hammering the nails and doing all the work (laughs) he the way he jumped the ladder way too quick (laughs) let's get real no amish people are as good looking as young vigo mortensen god damn also true uh where where is he at in the movie club uh i I think a modest three. Um, no way. Really? Two towers. I think just. Uh, wow. 
first Lord of the Rings, Captain Fantastic, and now this. So. Oof, man. But Wiener, only in one of them. So, pretty disappointing. <laughs> Did you know he was in this before you chose it? Yo, that's mostly the reason why I picked it. I was hoping he'd have a bigger part. I was hoping he would show his wiener much like Rachel shows her nipples later in the movie. Jordan, you texted me about that late, late Tuesday night. Uh, what, were your, what were your thoughts on kind of the, the almost bang, uh, the, the relationship that we've been teasing this whole movie coming to a head? Uh, well, it was interesting because my wife got home about 10 minutes before the bag scene and she was like, oh, this movie looks boring. And so she left the room and then she came back in and was like, what are you watching? Um, <laughs> it was pretty unexpected. I was pretty shocked about the bags. Um, hmm. But it's also a little bit creepy because she's like just going up to take a shower on her own and he's a, a peeping Harrison and just like kind of shows up at the door. It's It's pretty odd. A consensual peeper. <laughs> oh, yeah. She wanted it. Brett, did, Whoa. You, did you think she was going to leave the Amish community? Because there's this whole big part where she takes off her bonnet and like runs out to give him her a kiss. It's like the movie dramatically shows us her removing her bonnet, which you think is going to be like this big symbolism, but she hasn't left. Uh, I mean, like, you mean the first time I watched it? I guess, yeah, yeah. A long, long time ago? I, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I always hope happens, and that is actually something that I kind of disappoints me. But um, I don't know. I think that Bonnet was kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to leave this behind for now, just for a little bit, and I'm going to go live, have the best, you know, eight minutes of my life, and then come back and be Amish again. Rumspringer, but like mit, like mini sized. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing many sized about Harrison Ford. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, we we skipped over a little scene that Brett mentioned where they go into town and there's some people hating on the Amish. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we all were you know quote unquote English and grew up in Amish communities. I I, I don't know. I, I never saw tourism quite like this. Did any of you guys like? Maybe it's more of a Pennsylvania thing. I think it is. I read that it is kind of a bigger thing. Yeah, that was weird. Well, let's think about two huge places in our area. Yeah. Amish true. Acres and, and Essen House. I mean, those are like desk people come to those areas to visit those places. So that they own those places or whatever. They were just like looking at Amish people in the street and walking up to them and taking pictures. That's like different. Amish Acres is made for giving people those experiences. It is a, yeah, it's a bit of a weird kind of theme in that little part of the movie where the even the tour guide is like oh like it's against their religion to take pictures but you could probably sneak one or two Mm -hmm. and he calls them amish the whole time like it's really i mean it's pretty on the nose in terms of what it's trying to show i i do think there's like kind of some core maybe larger thematic things like brett was talking about like you know the whole reason the bad guys find him is because harrison ford is violent and it's kind of like hitting on that non-violent theme but Mikey, the bad guys do find him because Harrison Ford punches out uh, some guy and the cops get called and they recognize, I guess, the family or something. What what goes down as Danny Glover and Schaefer and uh, Gold Leader come down the hill? Yeah, Brett mentioned before the cool scene of them walking up to the house with the big shotguns. Uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, they kind of just walk straight up to the house. They don't have... I mean, the Amish have no way of defending themselves against these guns, so they kind of just knock the old guy out, and 
I don't know why they've gone in with the intention of not taking uh, this lady hostage or hurting the kid, I guess, is what they're saying. And they just kind of want to kill Harrison Ford. And he is in the barn and they kind of like chase him in there and chase him up a silo. And then he gets the gets the scoop on one of the guys. What did you think about Gold Leader's death, Corey? <laughs> the guy that gets killed in a grain silo, right? Yep. That was pretty awesome. And I, I you know, I couldn't help but think during the whole time like how horrific it would be because he's clearly like suffocating. That would be awful. D- dying from dust suffocation. Yeah. I mean it's it's something that you wouldn't think about unless you, you see it in a situation like this. But I thought it was great. It's like a I don't know, it was a a unique way to to get this guy taken out without his weapon. So it was pretty cool. It's kind of a terrifying concept of a way to die being suffocated by corn. But Harrison Ford goes in to get the gun, shoots Danny Glover. Uh, Paul Schaefer, that's the character's name, uh, hears it, takes uh, Rebecca, right? Uh, Rachel. Rachel Rachel is hostage. Uh, I kind of hinted at it earlier, but how does this movie wrap up? Because it's fast. It's a a very quick uh, ending here. We're in the last five minutes. Uh, Well... The rest, 99% of the world knows that he, the kid was told to ring the bell, but, um, wow. So he rings the bell. Or squeeze the trigger tri- tight. <laughs> or squeeze the trigger. It's funny. I'm reading Wikipedia and it says Eli tells him to ring the bell. Um, and <laughs> Wikipedia is always right. Always right. And then, uh, the town comes, the town comes and, um, hey, you guys ringing the safety bell? You guys ringing the <laughs> ADT alarm? You guys need some help over there? I forgot that book gets in the silo. By the way, I, I saw this movie, parts of it, when my dad was watching it. I was like five years old. And that's the silo scene's definitely one of the scenes that I remember. And I even said it to Brittany probably both times we watched this movie. Is That's an awful, awful way to die. Um, he gets in the silo and um, he gets a shotgun in time and then just blows Danny Glover away and then right before he says it can happen <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah and then uh, Ducksworth takes the the family and he's gonna shoot him but then the town comes and you know I think they kind of make it seem like Schaefer maybe isn't necessarily that bad of a guy he just got caught up in something and also he did the math you know there's shotguns like that pump and shotguns they're not gonna hold more than five so He's not going to be able to kill all those people, especially with a six-shooter. So he's just like, I'm just going to end it now. I'm not going to murder anybody. So, and that's kind of how it ends, Pappy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of a uh, pacifism kind of saves it at the end. Paul Schaefer ran the guns numbers in his head at almost a Brett level. I was like, <laughs> I don't have the ammo to do this and, and bowed out. Uh, I I don't It is, I guess it's like thematically coherent uh to your point I, I i they do a good job of setting up that schaefer's like a family guy like there's multiple scenes of him with his yeah. wife and his mm-hmm. kids which kind of make yeah. you think that make you not suspect him to be the bad guy like i said i need a little bit more on what turned him like is he just greedy was it the, the fact that it was 22 million did he need that money for something it's a little bit disappointing that that's not wrapped up kylo though did you think the ending is a little bit queso a little bit cheesy <laughs> no actually no you liked it wow so when it comes to the ending it it's what you've been 
I guess waiting for the whole movie is Rachel and Book are they gonna like end up is he gonna become Amish or is she gonna stop being Amish like if they're gonna be together one of those two things has to happen it's very slow at the end they like are looking at each other they don't say anything and he leaves and she does not follow him and I did not think the movie was gonna do that I you know I considered like the year in which this movie was released and I was like, well, this movie doesn't yeah. have the balls for him to just leave. And, and I, you know, I figured it was going to mm. work out and be a happy ending because that's kind of what I expect from movies of this era. Uh, I really liked that they didn't do that. And I liked the choice they made him leaving her staying. Mikey, I think Brett mentioned earlier and I read this fact too, that there was an, like a, keep me honest here, but it's supposed to be like a 10 page ending of dialogue that was supposed to yeah. happen. And then Harrison Ford got sick or something. So they just didn't yeah. shoot it. Mikey, what, which ending? Obviously, we we don't know what was on those pages. Which ending do you think you would prefer? Uh, what, did you need more dialogue at the end, or, or is the the silent just walk away? Work ten pages of dialogue. It's a lot so, of dialogue. It's like ten just minutes. Rachel like yeah. explaining why they can't be together or something. Like what was this? Well, three. Th- there's three pages worth of the word bags, so <laughs> ah, it could have been real good. Well, that would have been an interesting speech, just, I guess. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm fine with it uh i just in those situations you don't need words how about that oh well it's kind of (laughs) kind of uh heartbreaking i guess uh because i don't know it was never gonna work out she can't adapt to to technology man she's she's a lost cause and he can't wow she did man she did in that car real quick dance with sam cook really quick got the beats fake sam cook yeah uh Jordan, I want to go to you. Last kind of the same question about the the ending. How did you feel about it? What did the the movie leave you on emotion? That we do see Daniel kind of giving the the hat tip, like I'm about to go bang Rachel now, oh, uh, yeah. like which is kind of weird. Um, yeah. How, how did the movie leave you feeling, Jordan? Um, I mean, I I did say that I was shocked about the bags. I was more shocked about the ending. I was very surprised that that's how they left it. Um, I don't. It wasn't bad. I. I, I guess I would agree mostly with what Mikey and uh, Kylo have said. It was like, it was good, unexpected. Um, and then, yeah, you got, you got Daniel going over there just ready to lay pipe. So uh, good for him. You know? <laughs> well, Jordan, you probably don't need the dialogue, right? Being a psychologist and all you can like read between the lines. <laughs> oh yeah. It's all in their eyes, man. <laughs> what did Daniel smile say? Uh, subconsciously. What was he trying to signal to Rachel? So baby. <laughs> that's all it was that's exactly do you think uh getting sick is just harrison ford's way of doing the scene he wants to do <laughs> yeah he seems to get sick a lot during crucial yeah. scenes in movies. Yeah. <laughs> i can't do the entire tired out uh fight scene so i'm just gonna shoot this uh sword guy <laughs> way too I, exhausted to do it they wanted him to do a big long voiceover for the original but he phoned it in and they ended up cutting that i did have a question for brett though the the man that gets killed with corn, what is cause of death? Is it suffocation or like is he crushed? Is it the dust from the corn? I think it's probably a little of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, High fructose. I think Pappy. I think Pappy's <laughs> definitely right. Uh, Diabetes. With, I mean, I gotta think. I gotta think that even if he didn't suffocate completely from the corn dust, I bet that made him extra week have very little breath and mm. just I just think it's a just a combined suffocation 
getting crushed, just an awful, awful death. I think By it's the way, like we're referring to the band corn, not uh... <laughs> yeah, no. corn grain. Death by corn. Uh, that's actually, I think it's actually pretty common. Like the last time we were in Minnesota visiting my fiance's family, they live like out in like the rural uh, country area. Uh, like someone from like the next town over fell into a silo and Ugh. like died that way, like what? from the top down like they like like sunk Wait. into it like quicksand and like died sorry there was there was stuff in the silo and they fell they, into yeah, it there or... was stuff in the silo they fell in like from the top oh. and like suffocated via like that's what that happens in a quiet place right it, pap like if they didn't have the wood they would have uh, mm. fallen in there i totally forgot about that so but yeah yeah absolutely um we're, we're pretty deep into final thoughts though anything else that um we missed from this movie uh, or that I missed from this movie. I have a quick question for Corey. Yeah. I think I know what you're saying. And I thought the same thing. You said you didn't think the movie in the eighties had the balls to do what they did. Are you like kind of saying that, um, you know, it's kind of the old damsel in distress. He's there to save her from her life. And that's just how movies kind of were like, and then she, you know, women can't resist men. Is that kind of what you're saying? I just thought it would be a happy ending because it would be like the easy okay. uh, audience pleasing way to end it. And like, right. of course, they end up together. That's what the whole movie's about. But mm-hmm. uh, it's about the journey, apparently. I do have a quick final thought, though. Please. Or not a final thought, but just something we didn't talk about too much. I really like the scene of them dancing together. And yeah. as soon as it started, mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is going to be really fucking cheesy and I'm going to hate it. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really nice, actually, to see, like, the relationship build in that way. And they almost kiss a couple times, and they don't. And I liked that, too. Corey, how many times have you watched a movie, especially on spoilers, where, like, you just really didn't have any negative thoughts? And that, it's not, I'm not dissing on you, but, like, that's, I think it's well, awesome. Well, Pat was really perfect. Like, it seems like, <laughs> it just seems like this movie, it just seems like this movie was, like, you know, it touched all of, like, not your butt, your buttons, but just kind of like... It touched my special place, Brett. Whoa. Brittany said your butt? No, I didn't mean butt. Touch your buttons. I think this means that Kylo needs to come out to Northern Indiana so we can record another <laughs> trivia, movie trivia special Let's in the go. dugout all together. Uh, I'm in. The, the next little time, COVID hut. Martin's chicken everywhere. Get an Uber buggy to go home. <laughs> we'll go tip some cows, too. Um, I'll, I'll kind of segue my final thoughts into my yes or no, and then we'll just keep the same order beyond that. Like the one thing, two things that we didn't talk about, we kind of briefly mentioned it, but the, the pappy Amish guy saying, 4.30 time for milking is like one of the funniest lines in the whole <laughs> yes. movie. It's 4.30 time for milking. Second thing, like, it's so hard to like explain this uh, because it's like a, it's a definite film thing and this is a, a, vocal medium but every scene is very slow like this is like a two-hour movie and i and I only this is like some of the least notes i've ever had going into a podcast because there's <laughs> not that many scenes and like the and i don't mean slow in a bad way even it's, it's a very patient movie but you're either gonna like that or you're not gonna like that um i made a little like quick pros and cons list I, in my pros i had the cast 
had the premise and the story. I had the barn scene. I had like uh, the simple or the little things in the screenplay. Like it's a, an outstanding screenplay, but there's so many, like I said, like little setup and payoffs and character building moments that are that are great. Uh, the only really con I had was the score. I just really didn't like that score. I was going to play like for, for part of this this podcast in the background, but it's, like I said, it's very. I hear that sound. I just think prestige 80s movie it's a specific sound that no one wants to hear anymore but other than that i have like really no no complaints witness is a pretty hard yes it's got kind of this weird mixed thing for me because like we would literally drive through amish country to go to my grandpa and grandma's house right like straight through the heart of like amish country in northern indiana so it's like i have all of these good feelings associated with the amish there are aspects of their religion like dropping out in eighth grade which i think are kind of bad (laughs) that that probably don't set up a lot of amish kids for success outside of their religion but that all that being said i think this job doesn't you know necessarily give them a pass and doesn't like mystify them too much there's a lot of you know rachel's being shunned by the group and and that's brought into play now the amish community didn't like this movie very much i am not amish so i did like this movie very much glad that i (laughs) picked it on not seeing it it's always a risky move uh but i'm gonna give this a pretty solid yes um jordan i think you're next so the amish see movies no i mean uh they actually brought in amish experts to help them but like it's still they didn't like the way they were portrayed again i don't know how they saw the movie um Maybe they just heard about it, but yeah, like even like the governor or the mayor or whatever said, like promised them that he wouldn't uh, like advertise that movie in the area. And it just like the tourism got really out of control and it just annoyed them kind of. Can Amish go to drive-in, like drive-in movies? With a buggy. Yeah. Horse in. It's electricity, right? No, I, I, I bet some of them saw it. Um, Yeah. Sorry, Pat, you were throwing it to me. Uh, you were talking about the shooting style a little bit. Did anyone else notice, like, there's a couple scenes with a little bit of shaky cam and, like, really, like, weird zoom cuts almost? Kind of gorilla style. Yeah. Was that, that just seemed, like, out of place a little bit to me? I, I don't know if that was just, they were messing around in a few scenes or what. Like when Danny Glover gets blasted by the shotgun. It's kind of, like, from his perspective and then Harrison Ford pops out and yeah there's like a couple <laughs> like smash cuts back and forth yeah I don't know um yeah but Pappy I this is a, a great spoilers movie I thought um did take me back to some Napanee Indiana times um I think it's a it's a medium flaccid Vigo yes uh it's oh, that's like Oscar for you. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brett. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I thought it was good. Like I said, there were a few like twists and turns in the plot for me. I was pretty shocked a couple of times um, about the bags, about them not um, just banging it out right there, and then about the ending too. Um, I it's it's pretty good. I, it was way better than I expected, and I think for the first time, like Harrison Ford isn't the very typical like Han Solo sassy sarcastic Harrison Ford that I'm used to um and that was kind of refreshing for me as well so yeah it's a yes Chewy we're home um <laughs> yeah I you know it did kind of I guess I know what you're talking about it, it just didn't bother me in terms of like the like you're talking about the the shaky cam or a gorilla style I'm making like after 
in the mist, it really bothered me, right? Because it was so inconsistent. This was yeah. just a couple of times. And like I said, it felt, it made the shooting scenes feel real to me. But speaking of the mist, Mikey, you're, you were the next most recent host. It's a definite yes. I like this movie a lot. I had never seen it before and I was uh, pretty entertained throughout most of it. Uh, I think it seems slow because there's like so little dialogue that everybody is kind of talking pretty minimally. There's not a lot of overexposition going on. And I think the little kid does a great job too. He's pretty cute in his little suit and hat. Uh, and he provides some like comic relief, I guess. He's got some funny stuff going on. Yeah, it's just a, a pretty entertaining movie. And uh, yeah, like the violence at the end is pretty entertaining for the most part i mean it seems kind of hokey in some ways i don't really love when harrison ford grabs the kid and puts it in front of him right at the end <laughs> it's like you yeah. you're really gonna shoot me you're gonna shoot this kid uh that seems a little excessive yeah. uh not a smart move by him but yeah it is entertaining and uh i don't know what i was expecting really i, I guess i always thought it would well, was portrayed as kind of like a slow, boring movie, and in some ways it is, but I mean, Harrison Ford is just so awesome, so the beginning of the movie is really entertaining. I like that setup. And, yeah, it's good. Good choice, Pap. Here we go. So that's one, two, three yeses so far. Uh, Corey, hopefully future moderator of our first ever spoilers v big dumb movie pappy v steve debate but what do you give uh witness witness is a definite yes very good movie uh separately i gotta say that i i forget the amish are a thing in my life because i have virtually no exposure to them outside of uh a couple movies and this is the only movie i've seen that's not a comedy that features the amish uh, the other two being Kingpin and For Richer or For Poorer. Mm-hmm. So between those two movies and the Amish Paradise, that's like all I know about the Amish <laughs> living in California here. Not a lot of Amish out here. They're big on comedy. <laughs> uh, so it's cool to see, uh, but also it's just a good story, you know, and it's well executed. It has great acting and it has a very good sense of tension in the movie. Sometimes like sexual tension and sometimes uh threatening when there's you know people coming after them with shotguns at the end uh, it's just a it's a, it's a really good movie i highly recommend this so that's one two three four yeses in case you're wondering josh is uh on a trip you know undisclosed location and stevie <laughs> recently welcomed his daughter Ayo. into the world so he's on paternity leave we're, we're giving him a few weeks off, uh, but congratulations to Stevie. <laughs> Last but not least, though, uh, a man who hasn't hosted since Never Ending Story, and we recorded that back in July, the man who probably everybody's pulling for to win <laughs> trivia but might break your heart again. Brett, what do you give witness? <laughs> I'm always so close. Okay, let's try to... Uh, I know some people could could see this movie, and this is... Uh, I, I've had to tell Brittany like three days in a row what movie we're doing. And one time she said, Ugh, she's like, I like that movie. It's just so long and boring. And like, I feel like some people might think that, but I honestly, uh, I think this is one of 
the best and my one of my favorite movies we've ever spoiled. Um, wow. I think it's really, really, really good. Um, some people from your guys' comments, some of you might disagree a little bit, but I think like the 15 minutes of uh, the climax, not, I'm not talking about the last five minutes, but I think that's like Hall of Fame uh, tension and just like fear of just kind of like the kid's supposed to be gone, then all of a sudden he's there and you know, walking in on the, I just think it is really good. Um, yeah, it might end really quickly, but I, I don't know. I just really, really like it. And again, I think that shot of the three bad cops walking down that hill with the farm in the near, the near farm is where they're going. And then I don't know if you notice in the very background, there's like a farm up on a hill, like a high, and I just think it's just an amazing shot. Um, this is like a, a super hard yes for me. And, um, I remember I talked to Pappy about this movie last year. And I remember you said you had wanted to see it. And I was worried you guys would all think it was like slow. But I think Mikey said there's not a lot of dialogue, which I think is one of the reasons I like it the most is like there is a lot of dialogue, but I feel like the dialogue is like really sharp and like really it makes it extra hard hitting. And um, I really like Kelly, Kelly McGillis in this. And I, I just love the cast and definite hard yes for me. So that makes it preserved five yeses. Yeah, it's a weird thing about this movie. Not only is it, you know, uh, I forget what you said, Brett. Uh, maybe it's an underrated movie because I don't. Brittany said it was boring. I don't hear about this movie at all. Like I don't. Same. Like this is like a kind of a forgotten movie to time in a lot of sense. And I, you know, I try to do a lot of research. I said this is like some of the fewest notes I've ever gathered before a podcast. Like I couldn't really find a lot of like you know, user generated content about this movie. There aren't like YouTube video essays about witness or something, you know, per se, like people aren't uploading the, the behind the scenes to YouTube. So if you found this movie and you haven't seen it, uh, I think we're all saying definitely recommend checking it out. But five yeses, Kylo, what kind of food does that make witness? What kind of food? I thought Brett was the one that chooses the random food that we assigned. Like Amish chicken noodles and gravy, I would say. Milk steak? Ugh, Rare? No, not Gross. Like that. Mashed potatoes whole and gravy. Milk. Ice a cream on glass of whole milk. <laughs> Ice cream cone on the face. Kylo, can you at least give us a Christ like character then? Oh man, Harrison Ford is the Jesus character in every movie. Definitely. He's a carpenter. That's exactly. <laughs> but this isn't Big Dumb Movie. We don't just have the uh, Christ-like character segment. We also have a <laughs> trivia segment. And what this trivia segment is, is a mechanism to decide who will be the next host. I'm not the all-the-time host from Spoilers. Someone on this podcast will pick the next movie that we're all subjugated to watch. And we might have Josh and or Stevie back by then, which is exciting. So the, like I've been saying all night, uh, the trivia order will be Jordan, Mikey, Corey, Brett, first... Uh, Brett, this is the same game I've been playing closest or farthest from. We're going to do three rounds of closest two uh, to determine the winner. Uh, Brett, first of all, would you like to make any adjustments to the order? No, I, I just, as long as I go last. Yeah, and, and at any point, you can insert yourself, interrupt, and uh, make a guess. So if if you see an opportunity, feel free to blurt out a guess. But the first, that is your advantage for being on the snide. But the first question uh, that I have closest to what was the average retail price of gas in the United States in 1984, the year witnesses set Jordan. 
Like a gallon of gas? A gallon of gas. Yeah, like a me. barrel. Uh, gallon. Crude or... Okay. The gang <laughs> solves yeah. the gas crisis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 91 cents. Mikey. I'm going to go 75 cents. Corey. 90 cents. Fuck you, Corey. Brett. I was going to say the same thing the whole time, so I'll stick with it, and I think I'm safe. Uh, I'm going to go 89 cents. Huh. Actual retail price of gas was $1.13. Let's go. Which makes... Who's the farthest? Mikey? Me. Unfortunately, Mikey, you've been eliminated. Um... Let me do some quick shuffling. Like What'd you say it was? So. Like a dollar ten? A dollar thirteen. Dollar thirteen. Uh, dollar thirteen. So I should have known that. I, I have stuff all over my house because I was born in eighty four. That's like this is the price of gas when you were born. Man, you can't really find prices for gas that low anywhere. Except for Martin's. <laughs> oh yeah. Martin's supermarkets, they Count have several gas stations. For in service our area. and savings. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fix my formulas. I'm back. Enough of the free Martins as Martins. No free ass anymore. No free passes anymore. You gotta pay. <laughs> Ask grass or cash, Martins. Pick first one. one's free, uh, baby. <laughs> uh, second question: the new uh, new revised order is Jordan, Kylo. Um, oh, let's see what happened there. Jordan, Kylo, and Brett. Uh, Jordan, to you, as of 2019, how many? Police officers were in the PPD, the Philadelphia Police Department. Oof. PPD. Shit. How many precincts is that, Pat? I could not tell you, sir. (sighs) I'm going to say... Jordan wants the breakdown. (laughs) What's the crime rate in that area? I'm going to say 500. No 500? idea. I have no idea. Yeah, five hundred police officers or precincts. Uh, this is police officers, and Jordan's oh, guess is five hundred. Corey, I, I really have no idea <laughs> how to even answer this, so I'm just gonna say my gut reaction of five thousand. <laughs> I gotta think you were a lot closer than. Um, we have ge- just... we have guesses differing by a factor of ten <laughs> at this point. But five thousand to me sounds so crazy. Just to be safe, and I don't want you to. What, what, what was uh, Jordan's guess? Five hundred. <laughs> I'm gonna go five hundred one. Good strategy. Uh, Jordan, you are actually closer to the number of small boats that the Philadelphia Police Department has, which is four. The number of police Woof. officers is actually six thousand. Holy shit! Okay, uh, five hundred and seventy-five. Wow, so great, great point set by Corey. But he'll have to potentially do it again. So the way this last round works, Brett, <laughs> do you want to make the guess or say over under? Tension run. mounting. Was that over under? Yeah, over under. Yes. Over under. Okay. So Kylo, you got to get and set another. Good point on this, and then Brett will guess if your guess is over or under. Um, yesterday, I, I, Pappy, not gonna say my last name, <laughs> I, Pappy, Pap Dog, <laughs> Pap Dog, booked a round trip coach ticket on Amtrak, leaving Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, William H. Gray, 30th Street Station on November 15th, and returning 
from Penn Station in Baltimore. So it's round trip from Philadelphia to Baltimore on Monday, November 30th. Now, this is during Corona. This is the this is the prices today. I booked it yes theoretically booked it took took it to the end yesterday. I didn't enter my credit card because I'm smart. Uh, but <laughs> what Kylo? What was the total balance due for my theo- theoretical round trip on Amtrak coach from Philadelphia to Baltimore? Oh wow, that's tough. Uh... I don't really know how far those two points are. I've You're such a, a West lot. Coast dude. <laughs> I'm really bad at geography, but I'm just going to say a cool 150 bucks. Love cool. the guess. 150. Now, Brett, it's come down to you. You've been on the schneid the better part of 2020. This is your chance to pick the first movie you've chosen since July. Uh, never-ending story. To break... Your losing streak did the trip that I booked yesterday from Philadelphia to Baltimore and back cost more or less than a cool $150? Uh, I'll say more. Yeah. And your winner! And hosting for the first time since it, Kylo uh, and me. Uh, oh boy! How much yeah, was dude, it? Super cheap. Yeah, it was only seventy-five dollars wow. to go. Yeah, I thought, man, I thought you were dropping a clue with that COVID, but I just thought I've never been on a train in my life, so I have no freaking idea. I'm pretty sure you can get from New York to San Francisco for twenty-five bucks <laughs> some days. <laughs> That's not fucking true. So I thought. I think it helped that like I picked like weekday mm. routes. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I was really surprised. I think the the prices are really reduced because of COVID. They're not having people ride the trails, but, or the trains, regardless, Kylo, you're our new host. Uh, we'll give you a second to think about your movie pick. In the meantime, spoiler man, how can our good fans get a hold of us? Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. And we're back. Uh, I I don't even know if we're going to play this in the hijack. That that was some crazy wheeling and dealing. Nothing nothing like this in the history of spoilers has ever happened. This might be some $20 tier Patreon exclusive content due to the behind the scenes and how this all shook out. Really good stuff. But what ended up happening? Heated discussions, trade agreements, pounding on tables. What's going to happen is Kylo is sending his spoilers pick and host to Brett in exchange for an undisclosed date of a future spoilers pick and host. What does that mean for you, the audience? That means Brett is going to be the host and uh, trivia master and movie chooser for next week. But we're going to keep you in suspense. 40 chess moves. A little bit longer, a little bit more suspense. Yeah, Corey is waiting for uh, some other movie to subjugate us with some... uh, uh, what was that movie that you want to pick, Kylo, that has Adam Sandler in it? Jack and Jill. Jack and oh, Jill, God, baby. God. Waiting, he's waiting <laughs> oh, for Jack and Jill gosh. season to use his pick. But This podcast is bullshit. <laughs> before we give away what we'll be spoiling next week, we have some exciting news. Uh, Corey, Kylo Red Memes, I think you noticed an iTunes review that we have? We do have an iTunes slash Apple podcast review uh, from user 5T3P4N. Don't know if that means something. Mm. Doesn't matter. Uh, the title is "They Are Actually Funny." Yeah, good title. <laughs> actually, <Nice. laughs> so it says, "Like I actually laugh when they laugh. It feels like I'm in the conversation with them. It is great." Well, 
5T, 4P, 3N. I just want to tell you, I consider you a personal friend. Mm-hmm. I when, when I think about who I consider close, I say I think of you know Jordan, Five and Stevie, and Brett, and Kylo, and Mikey, <laughs> and Five T, Four Three P, N. Those are my groomsmen. Those are my boys. It's a so. droid. <laughs> You're one of us. But we've kept you waiting long enough, Brett. What will next week's movie be, uh, Corey? Just so there's no taking back, uh, you and I are going to have a awesome handshake with our muscles just blaring at the beginning of a movie i don't know if that gives away my pick or not but i might be in big trouble tonight oh my god the look my wife just gave me she knows Uh-oh. she knows what's coming this is one of my you son of a bitch all-time favorite movies i've been pushing too many pencils um i've seen this movie as many times as i've seen just about any movie ever we're gonna be watching my favorite action movie of all time, the 1980 uh, something classic, Predator. Wow. Yes. Predator. Nice. I love it. Great spoilers choice. Shout out to Brett's wife, Brittany, for living with Brett. Shout God out. God help her. She, she is a saint. You're a saint for listening to us. If you could, please be like 5T43PN. Be one of our friends That's and leave yes. us an iTunes review. It's the only way you'll be one of our friends. Otherwise, you're fucking dead to me. But in the meantime, <laughs> tune in next week for more of that, for more of Predator, for more of Brett hosting, and eventually a Kylo host to be undisclosed mm-hmm. at a future time. But in the meantime, that was spoilers. Brett, if I, if I gave this to you, would you give me one back in the future when I'm in need at some point? I mean, I guess. You don't have to do that, though. I, I can handle... I've been on the it, sh- would, it would really work better for my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I rarely win trivia, as you know. So, like, maybe one day you can shoot me a favor. Oh, yeah. I do that. Well, oh, no, man. I think it's a, it's a slap that you get to re- redeem whatever you want. <laughs> Corey giving up a first-round draft pick. <laughs> For a future blue chip. There's a lot of big dumb movie stuff in the pipeline. I don't know if I can do double the research this ne- upcoming Oh, week. but you'll still be on the pod? Yeah, I'll still be on. Okay, I just I, don't know if I can do the whole, like, I want you doing on the, the research, writing my notes, making a trivia. Yeah, I would want you on this. Editing. I think everyone's happy about it, except for Brittany, because I think she knows what movie I'm going to pick, and she's she freaking hates it. Wait, sorry, I want to make sure. So the terms of the trade are Kylo is forfeiting his host and pick to Brett for a future host and pick to be used at <laughs> Kylo's time. I just, how about just I'm going to just trust one. Brett that at one. some point he'll hook me up. The next one. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, okay, my next one. I gotta, I gotta, I've got to explain this to the audience. Okay. This is the first. Wow. Corey, have your lawyer fax Brett's lawyer. <laughs> All right, you yeah, ready? Brett, Brett's going to get yeah. staunch on me. He's going to be like, we didn't sign anything. No, <laughs> no. This is a, a verbal. This is, 
No, it's verbal. We'll make a... A blood pact. We'll verbal agreement. It's not worth the paper it's marked on. That was spoilers.